0: Welcome to the Keep Sounding Podcast. This is your Steelers versus Panthers edition. This is Brian, joined by John as always. John, how are you doing?
1: Good. What's up, Brian?
0: I'm pretty good. Sam Darnold is 2-0 as a Panthers starting quarterback in 2022, John. I don't know if you knew that.
1: Uh, Sounds a lot like what his record was through two starts as Panthers quarterback in 2021.
0: Which means we have at least one good game left out of him. <laughs>
1: I think so. I think that's how it works. It does. That reminds me, like, this is, I did not have this thought until right now. What if he's just, like, one of those guys, like, we've, we've found his calling, and that's, like, backup quarterback who always wins a spot start, but can't actually be a starting quarterback.
0: He can win at least three games for you.
1: Yeah, because, be... I mean, like, there, you know, there's there's guys that are like that, right? That That, like, are good backups that seem to always win or play well when they play, but then if they get an extended, like time to shine, they always go poorly. Maybe that's just Sam Donald.
0: Maybe that's just every Panthers quarterback not named Baker Mayfield this year.
1: Maybe it is Baker Mayfield because Baker Mayfield, when he was a bit when he was a backup, won a game. He won as many games as he did as a starter for the Panthers.
0: He did. He came in with what two days of preparation at most.
1: I think he got claimed on Tuesday, and they. Wouldn't have practiced. he probably he had a walkthrough basically. Yeah. Maybe maybe Baker's problem was he knew the playbook and practice like he knew the playbook too well and practiced too much in Carolina. And maybe that was the problem.
0: An instinctual player.
1: Yeah, like he's like overthinking it and he just needs to go out there and sling it. No thoughts, just vibes.
0: I could see that with Baker and his personality.
1: <laughs> I mean I could too, because he is like like one of those dudes that's like really competitive and really yeah. uh like like I guess you'd call him like a like a gamer, so to speak, to use a cliche and not more uh what you would consider like a cerebral quarterback. No not like to say he's dumb, but like that's not where his strengths are relative to his just like armed talent and competitive drive.
0: The so. instinctual aspect of his game is pretty good. Right. Yeah. Right. So before we get into the Panthers game, I'm just looking at that Rams whim. I did not realize that Baker threw thirty five passes in that game.
1: <laughs> that's that's what it, maybe they just let him get throw himself into a rhythm.
0: Yeah, I mean he went twenty two thirty-five for two hundred and thirty yards and one touchdown. Now granted that a lot of that came on those last two drives to take the lead against the Rams, so well I should say to get within score striking distance of the Rams with when they're second to last drive and then the 23-yard pass from Baker to Van Jefferson with 10 seconds left.
1: I mean, to win. So that's crunch time is most important. So like I guess there's something I There's some value on that.
0: I wish he could have done that for the Panthers. Maybe he'd still be around. It's crazy. <laughs> I do um, feel happy for him though. I, I mean, right, I
1: don't I don't have any I don't harbor any ill will towards him um, because, I mean, he played poorly. He played very badly here. There's not any arguing that, but he didn't do it in a way that was dislikable or that I think is like deserving of um, ill will, right? He's not, I have no, like, I don't fault the Panthers for letting him go. I don't think it was a wrong decision to let him go. I think it was just one of those things that didn't work out, but he handled it really well and good luck to, and he seems like a decent enough guy, like, good luck to him in the future, and I'm happy that he's not or he's at least given himself a chance to not let this situation here like, cause him to crash and burn out of the league entirely.
0: I pretty much agree with that. Um, That drive against the Raiders, or those last two drives against the Raiders, he got bailed out a little bit. Um, in Carolina, he didn't really have those uh, those Bounces go his way Actually, they usually yeah. went the opposite way for him So But overall, I mean He's a good guy, he's a good teammate And uh, I'm happy to see him win Yeah, good for him Yeah, really good for him Will he remain a starting quarterback in the NFL? I would say probably not But let's r- yeah. let's let it ride, you know
1: Yeah, I think he's going to settle in in that like where I was kind of joking about Sam Darnold in that same kind of spot of like he's in that uh, like 25 or 30 to 35 ranked quarterback in the league where like he can start for you, but you don't want him to be starting for you. And if he is starting for you, you generally have like the worst quarterback in the league that's not on a rookie deal that you're hoping develops or thereabouts.
0: Right, yeah, like Baker. Baker clearly has a very specific playbook that yeah. works for him. Um, right. The play, the play action rollouts are a big thing that Carolina unfortunately didn't give him a lot of. They gave him some, but mm. it's become very clear since P.J. Walker took over, and now Sam Darnold has took over that this playbook was not designed for Sam Dar- for uh, Baker Mayfield to succeed in. He was more so like. Baker needed to succeed within the structure of the offense they presented with him.
1: Right. But good on him for 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 winning. Good on him for uh finding a home and uh we we carry on with franchise quarterback Sam Darnold.
0: We sure do. 2 and 0. 2 and 0 in 2-0. 2022.
1: <laughs> and I think I need to, I need to pull up the the hard numbers, but uh his the his pass attempts to team run attempts is like comically low, which is like what you like to see out of a franchise quarterback. Um. Bear with me for uh two seconds while I do math. We have I'm gonna not do scrambles because that's too much work to do. Uh, we have 45 dropbacks in the last two games for Sam Darnold, which uh respectable. But uh yeah yeah 45 dropbacks. Extra respectable when you consider the Panthers had 46 rush attempts just against the Broncos.
0: Well, Sam and just against the that. Seahawks.
1: <laughs> so uh the, the that is 92 carries along with to 46 dropbacks, um, exactly twice as many.
0: Well, the Panthers had three or four running backs to hand off to. They only had. One quarterback, to drop <laughs> That's back,
1: good. So that's good math. That's good math. That's yeah. fair point. Fair counterpoint. That um. Yeah. You'd expect more runs. You'd expect three times as many runs as, as pass plays, right? In that situation. Right. <laughs> that's fair. And what now about using your personnel those, correctly. Right. That's balance. That's called balance. Is you don't want to run past fifty-fifty. You want to evenly distribute the the touches per player.
0: You're also not doing the rushing uh, game justice because. La- LaVisca Chenault had at least two or three, what I would call rushing carries in both of those games as well. So,
1: yeah, I know I can't remember off the top of my head the Broncos game, but I know he had a seven yard carry that was a pass that was thrown backwards. Mm-hmm. So, he sure did. Good, like, like, good job, Sam, on that one. Good good pass, got him hey. in stride.
0: That's all he needs to do. Stats be damned.
1: Yeah. But um it's I don't know, what are your thoughts on the the blast from the past offense we've got going here where we're just pounding the ball for like exactly four yards every play, which is <laughs> like it's not efficient on the surface, but it's so consistent that it's like kinda working.
0: I mean it's what it's really what Matt Rule built this team to do. He just didn't do that once, you know, the team (laughs) took the field. Like they, they literally, they went out, they got Bradley Bozeman, who is a strong rush centric center. They got Ika Mekwanu who was a really good rush blocking left tackle in college who needed some work on the offensive line. As far as uh, pass blocking Austin Corbett is kind of like 50, 50, I'd say there, but basically they just loaded up the offensive line and the The preseason outlook that I was seeing was we're going to run the ball a lot with Christian McCaffrey and Deontay Foreman and kind of keep the quarterback safe and let them not fuck things up. But that's the opposite of what the Matt Rule uh, era did. They had Baker Mayfield throwing anywhere from 35 to 42 passes a game for some reason. Um, So I really feel like this is Steve Wilkes just taking the – personnel he has and doing the most logical thing he can to be successful and really just being patient. Um, right. I feel like this is an offense and a team as a whole that is just designed to be like, we're going to let the other team fuck up before we do, which.
1: Right. That's, that's what I was going to say is like the big, uh, as, as a passing game truther type of guy, the, the big benefit you have with running the ball repeatedly is that protect yourself from turnovers and if your defense is good enough just running the ball and not doing anything on offense until the deep and then like let the other team mess up first like you said like can be a viable strategy if your defense is good enough
0: i mean bill belichick has been doing it for years so yeah
1: right because there's there's some stat about like Teams that win the turnover battle in the NFL win, like, 75% of the time, 70%. I don't know, some some stupidly high percentage. And so, which is kind of funny how much it boils down to, like, a thing that happens, like, one or two, like, one to three times per game. But, yeah, the teams that win the turnover battle uh, win the game the vast majority of the time. So, if you just, like, yeah, we're just going to hand it off and punt until you, like, throw an interception. And then we'll try to score when we start close. Like We've made it work uh, in the last two games.
0: It's the Ron Rivera methodology to the T, except that he has that Steve Wilkes now has the personnel to do so. Right. Um, Because Ron Rivera tried to do that when they had a shit offensive line, so it just turned into (laughs) Christian McCaffrey or D'Angelo Williams or Jonathan Stewart or whatever running back was trying to do, aside from like 2015 and 2013, for example. Yeah,
1: there's exceptions, but yeah.
0: It's the Ron Rivera mindset of – run the ball, be conservative, don't make too many mistakes, but they actually have the personnel to do so now with an offensive line that I think is going to be trending towards the top seven to eight area once they really get shit together. I think next year that they'll be viewed as one of the top, the higher end lines in the NFL, especially if they can bring back Bradley Bozeman. Um, yeah. Defense is obviously hyper-athletic. They have difference makers like Frankie Luvu. J.C. Horn, Brian Burns, Derek Brown, among others. So they have, like, a lot of pieces to make that kind of uh, game plan work, where I feel like having watched, like, 2019 from 2016, like, Carolina didn't really have that as much.
1: Right, it was like what I said, where you're basically, we're just going to, like, run, 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 punt, and then hope that the defense makes plays, but either the defense isn't good enough to force turnovers, or, like, even if they do force turnovers, we're not moving the ball well enough to capitalize. And then also, um, just in terms of a long-term, like, sustainable strategy, uh, turnovers are, like, kind of unreliable, too, right. right? Like, you can put yourself in a position to to force turnovers by, like, pressuring the quarterback and having good, like, ball-hawking defensive backs and things like that. But you are still at the mercy of, like, the other quarterbacks throwing the ball to you to get interceptions.
0: Right. Where I think this unit itself has, like, it's, they don't necessarily need turnovers, though I I liked what I saw on Sunday, because they kind of just ran over the Seahawks to begin the game, and like, (laughs) right, and a lot of that had to do with turnovers, but it's not necessarily as much about the turnovers now as it is, like, just kind of outlasting the other team, like, yeah, even despite all the turnovers, like, Seattle, and Carolina were relatively even in the fourth quarter, and Carolina ran for, like, 124 yards against them in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Like, that's where that strategy is successful, because you maintain the same game plan, you beat on the defenders the entire game, and then the fourth quarter, it's like, well, you're going to have to do the same thing against an offense that's scoring points on you, so make a stop. So It's like
1: we actually have uh, the chance to run, like, successful four-minute offenses. Right. Where like before it was uh we either have to throw the ball and make and like execute really well to keep the four minute offense running, or uh we're just gonna if we try to lean on the run to run the clock out, uh we're just gonna punt the ball on fourth, on like the fourth play of the drive.
0: Right, exactly. It's it's one of those things where the methodology made sense back in the Ron Rivera era, but they didn't have the personnel to make it so. Where Matt Rule did the did the unthinkable. He he assembled a team that could be successful with this kind of uh, offense and defense with a shitty quarterback, and it just took you know him being fired and a quarter and a head coach to take over who could actually you know do something with that for them to be successful. Really hilarious, honestly.
1: (laughs) I don't know. It's just the Panthers way, I think.
0: Yeah, it's the Panthers way. We just can't get out of of our own way until we, you know, put someone (laughs) in this position where they have to do something.
1: Yeah, we just kind of stumble into success as opposed to, like, uh, really going out and getting it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Well, uh, I did want to think to kind of go more in depth on what we were talking about with like the success of the defense i feel like sunday was jc horn's like coming out party on like a somewhat more national scale because there's only a couple games in that time slot and he was he did he did the right thing we have talked about before we got to do something early to get people paying attention to you and then they notice all the other good stuff you do and he got that pick on, was it the first drive of the game?
0: It was the first, the first yeah. uh Seahawks drive of the game, yeah. Right, right.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he had that for, oh, on the first Seahawks play of the game. And uh that has, like, the that puts you on the radar, that gets the commentary crew co- uh, talking about you and that gets people to pay attention to you. And it felt like, I, I heard more about J.C. Horn on Sunday than I have, like, the rest of the season combined in terms of, like, while watching a game on TV. Oh, all of a sudden he's an elite corner. Right, that's what I mean. Like, it went from being like, "Oh yeah, they got this," like not even like nobody said it, it would just be like these offhand, like, "Oh yeah, like they got J. C. Horn, who's good." He's a anyway. stud.
0: Yeah,
1: but now it's like J. C. Horn, who's a superstar cornerback, um, which is probably close to accurate or will be soon. It's a hundred percent accurate. Um, I'm. It's nice to see that, and I'm glad he's getting his his praise. And it was nice to have him have that. That game, um, I missed what he did at the end of the game, so I need you to tell me what happened, cause, um, I don't remember why I didn't have it on for a minute. Oh, I had to, uh, I had other obligations, so I missed like the very end of the game. Did he have like a crazy almost interception on DK Metcalf? Yeah, he
0: he had an almost interception that was called back. Um,
1: okay, I found it. he he picked it off, but they had a, they they reviewed it and took it away.
0: Yeah. But it was still just one of those plays where it's like, fuck, this guy is one of the only people in the NFL who can make that. And this is why I was pounding the table for him when we drafted him. <laughs> I will never That's, let that go.
1: That spark score.
0: Yeah. When, he is a Deion Sanders-level athlete with Josh Norman-level measurables. That's what he is. Yeah. I love Pretty the good. guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, it turns out might be good. Um so there's that and then um the other guy I thought that got his much needed kind of time to shine was Frankie Luogan who is a frequent topic of discussion on our show but i i was like i was talking to my my uh my dad who said something about it and i was told him like you and i talked about him like coming into the season and then i went on a podcast with the Bengals SB Nation site and they were like who's a player on defense that you know fans of not the Panthers will maybe not recognize his name, but it's actually really good. And I said Frankie Luvu and I talked about how the Panthers use him similarly to how, I don't know if they do as much this year, but how like the Cowboys better run, um, how the Cowboys use like Micah Parsons as like a middle linebacker that also gets, it like rushes the passer in like passer situations and stuff. And they're like, yeah, okay. And then, here he is like getting sacks and making plays all over the place and uh doing his thing.
0: No, the biggest blessing that Matt Rule gave us was the fact that he signed Matt uh Frankie Luva to a two year contract. Right. Like I think they should extend him over the off season anyway, but they do have him for another season. And yeah, absolutely. That's what we were talking about early on in the season. He's like a mini uh Micah Parsons, basically. Yeah, It's just crazy how impactful he is to the defense. Like, I haven't seen that since Luke Keekly and Thomas Davis, and I'd even argue that just from an overall, I guess, area of effect, if that's the best way to put it, like he's a little more impactful than Thomas Davis because he can just do everything. Right. Like, rush the passer, stop the run, play pass coverage, go strip a fumble when they really need it. Like, yeah where i feel like davis fit into a certain mold of like stop the run, get those pass coverage deflections or interceptions but like he was never the pass rusher that luvu is like luvu is insane.
1: Yeah, and, and the thing with luvu's pass rushing is he can do it as like a pass rusher not a blitzer. Right. Like like yeah, Thomas just... Davis Thomas Davis is a good blitzer, but like you could like put Frankie Luvu like at like defensive end or like as like the stand up like rush linebacker on the edge and he'll get sacks.
0: Right. It's just crazy to me how like the he went to the Jets and then the Panthers found him even though there's like so many other teams that have seemingly better personnel scouting. Right.
1: Teams. Well, he, we signed him as like a a special teams guy. We did. That was like that was the, I mean, I don't know if we had bigger plans for him, but like I remember that was the thing with when um we signed him was that like Oh, Panthers bolstering their special teams with a good special teams player in Frankie Luvu. Right. It's just like, oh, he's actually just like a very like a very very good defensive player all around.
0: Yeah, it's crazy cuz like he had those splash plays in 2021 where like you saw it, but me just me personally as a neutral well, not even a neutral observer, but like as someone who's very skeptical of what I see with the Panthers, um yeah. I saw it and was like I see what he could be but I feel like maybe it's just him getting those like high those high end snaps where he gets the chance to be effective because of the situation and no he proved me 100% wrong he is the best right. defensive player on this roster 100%
1: Right. Yeah, especially with like all the different areas that he is able to impact the game.
0: Like Brian Burns is probably the most Uh, High end player they have as far as like pass rush goes, but Mm. Luvu just does everything. Like he does more, he does a lot more in the run defense area than Brian Burns does, and that's where I'm like, shit. This like that's why I rated him as an A plus in our uh, defensive recap during the bye week, just because he's just he's just good. Like there's just (laughs) not there's no there's nothing I can say that he's bad at. Nothing.
1: Right. He's like his like if you were to like chart his like strengths and weaknesses like uh every every element of playing defense is ranges from like acceptable to very good right like there's nothing that's like poor
0: acceptable to exceptional
1: right <laughs> nice
0: yep
1: it's also for you uh, you did mention Brian burns who got another half a sack and he has yep. ten and a half now he's eighth in the league um I'm Excited that he's finally getting sack numbers that are like commiserated with how good of a pass rusher he is.
0: Yeah, it's almost like surrounding a good player like him with defensive players that can also do things makes him better.
1: Which Uh, big props to
0: Derek Brown, by the way. But
1: right, that he helps a lot. But like to to what we're to our point, like what we're talking about, Brian Burns is he's eighth in sacks. He's also eighth in tackles for loss, uh, in the NFL. And then tied for ninth is Frankie Luva. So, good job, good job Panthers with the uh, with the that dynamic duo, which 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 matches with what I kind of feel like is the way it feels when you watch the games in terms of impact. Like it feels it does. Our defense does feel like because as good as JC Horn is as a really good corner, you're kind of in the shadows. Like you don't get seen because your job is to not be involved because they're. Going away from you. But it feels like our defense is a lot of times like the Brian Burns, Frankie Louboux show with like cameo appearances from Derek Brown and Shaq Thompson and everyone else. Not that they're not good players or equally good players in terms of what they do with their position, but that's just kind of like what pops out when you watch our defense.
0: Derek Brown is filling the Star latule role very right. well. Oh. I think even better than that because everybody around him is excelling. Um, so I'm pretty happy with it. I think that if they're going to retain Brian Burns, they should also find a way to retain Frankie Lubu because I feel like that's a nice duo because this is the first time we've seen Burns really break out and have those splash plays. Like He's not the, your stereotypical 3-4, 4-3 defensive end or outside linebacker where he's going to be a stout run defender and a stout Uh, Pass defender all the time. I think he's more of the splash play guy in the run game and the consistent pass rusher. So I like what I'm seeing there. Um, Fun little fact about J.C. Horn: uh, PFF said that of all of his career games, I believe it was seven, he's allowed zero passing yards. So so
1: he's at seven games. He's at seven games where he's not allowed a receiving yard. Yeah. He's only played like it's like over half his games.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it was either six or seven, but he's only allowed he's hasn't allowed a single receiving yard in their metric in six or seven of their games.
1: That's uh, I will say that's good,
0: pretty good, very good. He's. <laughs> I mean, I love JC Horn because, on top of the fact that he's a shutdown corner who can do what he did on Sunday, he can also blitz like a motherfucker and go rain terror on the at the line of scrimmage so he's he's one of those players where he's just a difference maker no matter what you make him do.
1: Right. I love he's, it. Yeah. I mean it's like kind of what we just talked about uh with Lulu just yeah, all around just it's just it, nines and tens across the board.
0: Like Carolina is struggling to get pressure without blitzing but what do you factor in guys like Luvu and like Horn who can run in there and just, you know, blow up a whole fucking play on their own? Yeah. It's not such a bad thing. Could be better, but not such a bad thing.
1: Uh, JC Horn, uh, yards allowed in coverage, 204 fewest. Touchdowns allowed zero. I don't think anyone's allowed fewer. And passer rating allowed 38.5 or 35.8 the lowest. That's according to Pro Football Focus, which we know is gospel and cannot be argued.
0: I'll allow it for this conversation.
1: Right, yeah. I mean, we like what it says. So in this yeah. case,
0: it in this is case, they're right. Fact. <laughs> yep. Yes.
1: Now, if we were to find something that said one of our players that we like is bad, uh, we will say it's just PFF. It's all made up. We don't like it.
0: Yeah, like Miles Hartsfield being bad at corner. Yeah, or, we don't like it. Or excuse me, safety. He's actually good at corner. He's bad at safety, according to them. I hate yeah,
1: that. Yeah, well, they don't know what they're talking about. Well, the right. person that came up with that doesn't know what they're talking about. The PFF employee that came up with the J.C. Horn stuff is good.
0: To be fired right away. The mm-hmm. person who is coming up with bad things about Miles Hartfield, because he's good. Right. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's clearly just uh employee issue.
0: Right. They just need um, to filter people, that's all.
1: Yeah, that's all it is. They'll, they'll get it together. Uh, we haven't talked about the offense yet, but I don't really know. It's, it's like good job offense and they got I mean they scored 30 points like they played really really well obviously it's just it's uh very much um how do I put this without sounding like I'm belittling it but there's not a lot to like really dive into right it's just like the Panthers offensive line just mauls the other team's defensive line and they grind out yards and they score points sometimes
0: pretty much I mean like They've kind of designed the perfect offense for Sam Darnold, at least in the first two weeks, which ran in, as, as we know, he might turn into a pumpkin after the third week. But yeah. it's very much just run the fucking football down their throats and let Sam Darnold throw the ball occasionally down the field. I mean, he had the nice that nice touchdown pass to uh, Shy Smith, even though mm-hmm. Shy Smith was wide open. But that's that's how their offense is designed, like run the ball Forty times a game, and let Sam Darnold throw in advantageous conditions. I mean, that's the game plan. They're executing it to perfection. I would say. Right. And Sam yeah. Darnold's not shitting his pants on the field when he has to throw the ball. So.
1: Right, and then and then the Panthers did really well with even the Deontay Foreman kind of struggled. Chuba Hubbard had a really good game. Raheem Blackshear had the the touchdown rate kind of. He ran hard, which is what he does. He broke through some tackles for a touchdown. Like. That's I that do want. I- Three had a monster in the backfield, right?
0: Right, and I do want to give Chuba Hubbard a ton of props after uh, the last year and a half of his career because this was the game where he just like ran through people, yeah, a lot. Like he, that was his biggest uh, complaint was that he couldn't do that. He would like get tackled as soon as he, as soon as contact was made, or he'd make contact with someone and fall over. Like, no, this was the game. Right. Like I saw him run through several people, and I was like, okay, okay. Can okay, we see YouTube? <laughs> yeah. You're doing your thing, buddy. Like, I would not be upset if they just went into the next season slash regular season with those three guys and just were like, we're just going to surround these guys with whoever the next quarterback is.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. With, with – I know Panthers fans are all about Anthony Richardson right now that I've seen, so –
0: so, I don't uh, even I don't even know who to be about because I have no idea where the Panthers are gonna be picking, so I haven't even made a decision right, right. That's, quarterback come one.
1: Yeah, that was like me when I that was like earlier in the year when I was like uh we're in this we're we're watching CJ Stroud highlights and then it's like okay now we're watching Will Levis highlights and now like the Panthers still are picking ninth at the moment, but they're also one game out of the division lead, in which case they'd be picking nineteenth. Um but then they could also just like lose and end up fourth like they have a chance to be picking fourth after this weekend, uh, if certain results go their way or go the right way. Like, they, they could pick. I guess to to summarize what I'm saying in fewer words, uh, this time next week we could have the Panthers sitting, picking fourth or picking 19th, based on one weeks of game, one week worth of games.
0: It's amazing time we're living in right now.
1: <laughs> it's also best. just NFC South, man. It's NFC yeah. South football.
0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC. I am excited for Mitchburg versus Sam Darnold. It's going to be interesting. For what?
1: Mitchburg. Oh, oh, Mitchburg. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because I don't think Kenny Pickett's going to be back for this game. Yeah. And he, even if he is, he has really, really tiny hands. So.
1: <laughs> are you upset that his questionable status is cutting into your memes
0: it is <laughs> it's it's very terrible because i just want to post the small hand memes all the time but if it ends so up that, being mitch trubisky mitch trubisky actually has like decent sized hands so that just destroys it all
1: yeah it's like i had a whole folder full of small hands memes now i can't use them
0: i'm not even kidding i did <laughs>
1: Everybody wears gloves makes them slightly bigger
0: any small gloves <laughs>
1: it's like it's like Teddy two gloves
0: yep no, yeah. Kenny, exactly Kenny what it gloves. is what yep. size
1: gloves do you think you wear is like mediums
0: probably smalls <laughs> what's I mean. funny
1: what's funny is like and then uh, all the talk of his hand size and how they're too small and stuff and like uh, they're like actually average It's they're totally average sized Totally average-sized hands.
0: Well, Kyle Allen had totally average-sized hands, and he followed the ball quite, quite a lot.
1: Yeah, I mean, because that is uh, all it is.
0: Yeah, it's hand size. Has nothing to do with the quarterback's awareness, John.
1: The average adult male at. hand, according to an article on ESPN, which is, totally makes sense, uh, the average adult male hand from thumb to pinky is 7.4 inches.
0: Well, I like have pick Pickett by about an inch.
1: So. Kitty Pickett's actually, like, actually has big hands. Not it's for a quarterback. <laughs> no, I know. It's, it's very funny how we talk about uh, world-class athletes, though, and how much the scales change, where it's like Kitty Pickett and his tiny, barely-can-hold-a-ball hands, and they're, like, bigger than 75% of the population's hands.
0: But they're small for an NFL quarterback, John.
1: They're smaller than my hands. I'll say that.
0: Yeah, smaller than my hands, too. <laughs> Maybe we should go play for the Steelers.
1: If If Kenny Pickett was on this podcast right now, he'd have the smallest hands on the podcast.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'd be happy to go win a fucking Super Bowl for the Steelers. I can yes, do that. We... <laughs> I won't um, fumble, I'll tell you that.
1: I, you definitely will fumble.
0: No, I'll throw you a dr- ton of picks. You, you... You
1: could drop back to pass with both hands on the football and you'd still fumble. And, like, not even try to throw and you'd still fumble, like, several times.
0: Well, you're acting like I wouldn't be keyed in on not fumbling, John.
1: <laughs> in that case, yeah. It, 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 like, you drop back to pass, two hands on the ball, like, tucked against your chest. Only, like, release the ball if you're, like, clear of everybody to, like, chest pass it to somebody. I'd I know be sacked more, more than David
0: than... Carr, but... <laughs> But no fumbles. No but you're, fumbles. You're,
1: you're dropping back to pass with, like, hands over under, like, curled over the football, like a running back, running in a goal line situation. That's how you're dropping back to pass? Yep. Then in that case, you're probably right. You won't fumble. You also go I away. mean, a receiver
0: would never catch a touchdown pass for me, but I won't fumble.
1: <laughs> zero for zero for zero yards, sacked 14 times, but no fumbles.
0: Yep. <laughs> That's the key stat right there. Right. Got to have big over. hands. Like,
1: Circling back, no turnovers. That's how you win in this league. Yep. But anyway, the Steelers are bad. They're like surprisingly 5-8. and eight. Like 5-8 and eight seems like too good of a record for the Steelers. It is. For how not good they are.
0: I mean, their offensive line still sucks. So they're just running Najee Harris into a brick wall. He
1: also just doesn't look... I don't know if he... I remember even when he was good last year, it still like he it felt like he was kind of, uh, kind of grinding things out and was like a heavy usage, low efficiency, but makes up for it with like consistency and high volume type of guy. Um, so I don't know if he's like regressed or if the situations worse, but he just doesn't look. He didn't pop much. He does He just looks kind of slow and not great when I've watched the Steelers.
0: He's a power running back behind an offensive line that's not prepared for a power running offense.
1: Right, like I guess it's I guess it's hard to to break tackles and be a power runner when you're being met with in the backfield
0: with the ball. Right. Exactly. No acceleration, nothing like that. Right. Also their defense is apparently one of the highest paid in the NFL, which I found to be funny.
1: <laughs> I mean, they do have TJ Watt and that is
0: obviously scary. a problem yeah yeah that
1: that's a problem because uh they they're i know they're they're significantly more successful and significantly better than t j watt plays um did he come back for the saints game was that his first game back
0: that i don't know uh... quick, quick quick
1: uh very good podcasting research time, yeah. Well, I wasn't expecting that show.
0: question, John. Um,
1: <laughs> he did play against the Saints. Let's see if that was okay. his first game back. Um, it was his second game back. But, um... No, it was his first game back. So, the Steelers are 4-2 and two when T.J. Watt plays.
0: Well, he's never faced Taylor Moten and uh, Ike McQuanu, John.
1: Counterpoint, Ike Mokwanu and Taylor Moten have never faced T.J. Watt. Shit. You got me. <laughs> But yeah, so they're four and two with uh with TJ Watt when TJ Watt plays, and they are, which makes them what like one in they're one and six when he doesn't play. Um, mm-hmm. as far as I know, barring unforeseen circumstances, he is going to play. So that's um not good. I know now the Panthers' offensive line is good, so hopefully they can limit him a little bit. But as much as we've been positive and talking up Sam Darnold on the show, um, he's not necessarily the type of quarterback I'd expect to thrive when there's a defensive end wreaking havoc on most pass plays.
0: He has better pocket presence than Baker Mayfield, but that's not saying much.
1: I mean, yeah, that's that's true, but and he can run away, but it, to it, an it, extent, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's decently athletic. He a long run against the Seahawks, um, but yeah, it, it's just it's that's the concerning part where it feels like that can fall apart and maybe that like the whole pumpkin situation of like uh, the Cowboys game last year where Sam Donald started to fall apart because like he played well at the beginning and then things started to avalanche when he made a when he messed up a little bit. And if that happens this week, I, you know, I worry about those. The, I can't call it a trend because we only saw it once, but worry about a, a repeat of last year where, he's doing well, things are going well for him and he's maintaining that. But if adversity strikes, like can he bounce back and can he handle pressure both mentally in terms of like the situation, like the stakes getting higher because the Panthers are trying to make the playoffs. And then also just in a more literal sense of like TJ Watt might sack you in like on every single play.
0: Right. Yeah. It's It's a terrible look. It's I think it's gonna be okay. I think that <laughs> Carolina versus Pittsburgh is gonna be okay, but TJ Watt is an X factor where that could just destroy everything. I mean he already killed one of our quarterbacks. So
1: Right, <laughs> that's that's I mean I don't really know. Is there anyone else on the Steelers? Like TJ Wattfield is is a game wrecker, and I feel like the 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 key to success is just like that's it, right? It's just like mm-hmm. if TJ Watt is doesn't if TJ Watt doesn't win the game for the Steelers, like who does?
0: Maybe Mink if it's Patrick, but it's a little bit more of a far-fetched thing.
1: Right. I mean, it's harder to do from the safety position than as a defensive lineman. Yeah. So I, I like there. There's there's the TJ Watt angle. I think is the one thing that the Steelers have to like take the Panthers out. I'm. Otherwise, I think the Panthers actually have the edge most other places. I mean, the Steelers have good players in other places, but in terms of just kind of general offense, defense, and stuff, like the Panthers are playing better than the Steelers uh, outside of the Steelers having the best player from either team.
0: I would agree. Um I'm looking at the defensive players uh, from the last game, and I did not realize how much talent they have there. Um,
1: <laughs> their defense has been good.
0: Terrell Edmonds, Miles Jack, Cameron Hayward, Demonte KZ. That's that's pretty good. So we'll see. I don't know. Larry Ogunjobi. Also, Ogunjobi. Alex yeah.
1: Hi- Alex Highsmith. Yep. Couple uh, UNC Charlotte alums. Not to brag. Little homecoming for them, even though neither of them are from Charlotte, but they went to school.
0: Oh, in maybe the th- they'll throw the game since it's a Carolina game. Who knows?
1: Right. Yeah, that's that's yeah. Much much allegiance to the region because they went to they played football at UNC Charlotte. But it is funny that we have I think that Charlotte. I say we. I graduated from UNC Charlotte. We have I think three players in the NFL that I'm a, that I can think of, and two of them are on the Steelers.
0: Well, I hope they. Uh, hope they suffer john
1: <laughs> i mean i'm fine with that like i'm i'm they don't play for charlotte anymore they can be bad now
0: yeah
1: at least for this week i like to see the to see the alma mater succeed but uh we can handle one week uh i will say though alex heisman has 10 sacks this year he's he's a problem too
0: damn that's pretty good
1: one of the charlotte did not uh,
0: know he had 10 sacks that's pretty good
1: yeah, he's he's he was like leading the league in sacks at a point I think earlier this year, um, which will happen if you get three sacks in week one, and he's tailed off some, but uh, yeah, that's a couple, a couple, a couple, uh, Jesus, a couple tough defensive ends on either side.
0: Well, it should be a fun game then. Yep. We'll there,
1: there are two. Yeah, I feel like they're two similar teams, right? Like the the running back is kind of the the featured piece on offense, even though our running game has been better. Um, And then just kind of dependent on the defense to make plays and win games. And then they have the better playmaker on defense. And I think on the whole, their defense probably ranks better than the Panthers for the season. Mm -hmm. But the Panthers defense has been playing well lately. So kind of washes out.
0: sounds about right um do we want to get into scoring predictions then
1: yeah let's let's do it
0: awesome so let's see (laughs) we're also very we're still very close as far as the uh you and me versus the rng so (laughs) like one game apart um I'm gonna deviate from my usual route and go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go twenty-four to seventeen Panthers.
1: What are you deviating from?
0: Picking against the Panthers all the oh,
1: time. I, I was actually. Yeah, I mean, I've been doing that too. Be, it's worked more often than not, given that the fact that the Panthers have lost more often than not.
0: Hmm. That is true. But they're winning um, more, now, more now, often than not. So.
1: Let's see. I um, will go with... I guess, did you want to expand on that at all? Or do you want me just to say my number?
0: No, that's all I got.
1: (laughs) I'm going to say Panthers, 19, Steelers, 14.
0: That would be a shitty game.
1: That's what I expect. They're they're good defenses. They're bad offenses. Let's, let's let's watch some some punts and some sacks.
0: Well, in that situation, the Panthers would have the advantage because uh, their punter is very good. So <laughs> I like I mean,
1: that. Uh, what's the guy's name? Presley Johnny Hecker. No, the Steelers punter.
0: Oh, I don't know. His Presley name
1: Harvin the third, massive punter. So, that'll be fun, at least. Um, My score prediction, I said that. The random number generator, um, their punter is 255 pounds. Um, Jesus. Yeah, big punch, big boy. He's a big boy. Uh, Panthers, 29. Steelers, 9. Wow. Offense on fire.
0: So, we're all picking the Panthers. Nice.
1: No way that goes poorly. Well,
0: either... You lo- you're leading because the Panthers win, or you're leading because the Panthers lose because we all picked the Panthers. So that's
1: that's how you play the game. I just got you to match your, you head your bets, yeah. <laughs> right, I just got to match the rest of the way. Well, but yeah, that's that's all I had. I don't really know a whole lot about Steelers like on a deeper level because why would I? They are bad.
0: Yep. Yeah. Pretty sure it'll be Mitch Berg versus Sam Darnold this weekend. So that should be fun. We'll see if Sam Darnold turns into a pumpkin yet. He's got one more week until his uh, threshold usually expires. So we'll see what happens. But anyway, from all of us here at the Keep Sounding Podcast, this is Brian joined by John as always. Stay tuned, stay safe, stay healthy, and we will catch you soon.